1: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VCN.
2: Okay, it is the Lombardi line as we welcome you in here on a wonderful Saturday. The final college basketball Saturday as we head into the conference tournaments. Then next Sunday, we'll have extensive coverage here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. We're going to have selection Sunday coming up. As we get closer and closer to the field of 68, I'm Patrick Maher, as we welcome you in, as I mentioned, on a great Saturday. It's a historic Saturday, to be honest with you. It's Coach K Day today. Tobacco Road is going to be lined with memories as a 42. And then if you add the Army years, a 47-plus year coaching career comes to an end today at Cameron Indoor in the court that is named after Coach K. You see the resume. We'll throw it up there, Stephen Bonn, as we get the show going today. By the way, we are stacked today. Josh Applebaum's going to be joining. Michael Lombardi's hanging out somewhere. He's not going to be joining today, but Josh is going to join us. Ashley Mayu is going to join us as well, talking the road to the Kentucky Derby. Oh boy, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson's going to join. Carl Johnson down at the Beau Rivage. So we've got plenty to do. Wes Reynolds is going to stop by as well. Let's go ahead and throw that resume up again as we talk about, you know, arguably the greatest coach of all time. And of course, what makes today fascinating is you're going to have Duke players spanning 42 years in the building today. And, oh, yeah, the opponent, North Carolina, only the greatest rivalry in college, basketball. You see the five national championships, 12 Final Four runs. This was an inauspicious start. And a dubious hire when Coach K was hired at Duke. The connections, obviously, with Bob Knight, who he played for at Army, got him the job at Duke. And it wasn't a great start for Coach K at Duke. We now, 42 years later, think about spanning 42 years, over four decades, are sitting here with a dude that's 75 years old and a chance to make a run in this year's tournament to add to the five national championships. Now if you take a closer look at today's matchup and I'll set you up on the number, no surprise here, look, this number open Duke Lane 10 and a half, we've been bet up to 11 and a half, a lot plays into this, understand as, as a new better, if you're just getting started in this racket, this is, one thing you have to understand is it's baked, that emotion and what the bookmakers think you're going to do as far as the 12 and a half, wow, we're sitting 12 and a half here officially at v Sin. that's baked into the number, like I'm looking right now, the Cam and Crazies are are going insane right now at Cameron Indoor. There has been camping as you understand, you know what happens over at, at Duke. It's a beautiful campus by the way, but they've been camping out. I mean, the anticipation's been off the charts for this game, and I mentioned the luminaries that are going to be showing up. That is built into the numbers. So understand when you're betting this game, that is built into the 12 and a half that's sitting there right now. Also built into it is what happened on February 5th. You remember that Duke went to North Carolina and put a beach down 87 67 so a 20-point win for Duke there the irony coming into this matchup is Duke beats North Carolina today and they win the ACC outright Duke loses to North Carolina today and Notre Dame beats Pittsburgh and they split the ACC regular season why is that interesting Mike Bray and Jeff Capel are respectively the coaches there, Notre Dame and Pittsburgh. What's the connection to Coach K? You see the spider across the college basketball landscape as far as Coach K. What's the connection? Capel played for and coached under Obviously, Coach K at Duke and then Mike Bray, longtime assistant for Coach K there at Duke as well. As a matter of fact, if you just go deeper into the Bob Knight and Coach K relationship, uh, Mike Bray has a lot to do with that union as well. So there's so many just kind of tentacles that spawn from the greatest rivalry in college basketball and the matchup today. Now, you take a look at the total, 153 and a half. It's a nosebleed and it should be. This is gonna be a track meet. You saw the 87-67 win, as I mentioned, February 5th. Also, it's a Duke team that's won seven straight. They're gonna be a number one seed in the ACC tourney coming up here on March 8th. So UNC, though, this is interesting because UNC coming out of the loss, the 20-point beatdown at home to Duke, have won six of seven. If you look at most of the prognosticators, they're either the first four in, last four in, first four out, they're kind of dancing on that bubble. I got them in. To be honest with you, I think North Carolina's an in. I don't think they have to win today. Maybe pick up a win in the ACC tournament, which they would. I don't think I, I got right now, if I'm looking at my projections, I got them in. You look at the different sites and you look at some of the prognosticators, like I mentioned. North Carolina dodged a major bullet this week for Stephen Bond and beaten Syracuse in overtime. Had the Tar Heels lost that game earlier this week, their NCAA tournament hoops would be – more bubblicious right now with the win they should be in as they head to cameron indoor today it's going to be a fascinating game you know it's interesting too with duke because if you think about their tournament hopes in Coach K's final year here at Duke, uh, this is a legit championship team. I mean, they're absolutely loaded with the young players. You know Ben Carroll could, is going to be a top three pick in the forthcoming draft. And when you when you watch Paulo Bancaro, he is Ben Simmons with a jump shot is the best way to think about Ben Carroll. He's a tremendous player. But Wendell Moore, you know, they're absolutely loaded. And Griffin, who went off... Uh, on February 5th, uh, they're at North Carolina, 27 points. He's a stud as well. Duke's loaded. The problem with Duke is the inconsistency. And but they just have they they they'll overwhelm North Carolina here. The inconsistency though pops up with Duke and they play down to their competition. What you like to see about Duke is when when they went to the carrier dome uh last weekend or 10 days ago or so and they absolutely killed Syracuse in a raucous environment there. To me, that showed as we get closer to the postseason in college hoops that Duke was starting to settle down and that big win showed me something. Now, if you take a look at this historically, it's shown good pictures of coach K you know it's fascinating with coach K as well you take a look at him and this is a person that's had he had to step away from me for for a year from coaching at Duke because of the back issues his wife forced him to step away he said at the time he was having major meltdowns mentally so he was having a back and a mental breakdown but he is I mean look at him he's 75 years old he looks the same as when you were a kid Right? Think about that. He hasn't changed at all. It's unbelievable. And the resume, as I mentioned, is ridiculous. First off, he is a first all time in wins, 1,196, which is ridiculous. He's in that discussion. If you want to say Wooden, if you want to put Rupp, if you want to put others in the discussion, he is certainly there. Is he the tactician that Larry Brown is? No. He's not. In fact, most, most coaches derive his offensive game plans. But what he is, is he's a dogged defensive communicator. And the word that I use there is important when talking about Co- Coach K. Nobody's a better communicator. Nobody's a better motivator. He's gotten by on defense and communication. And like I said, in the discussion, all-time GOAT. 12 final four runs, five national championships, a 766 win percentage, which is ridiculous. That's the best. Uh, As far as top 10 and wins across the college basketball landscape, Coach K is the best as far as win percentage. He's ridiculous. At Cameron Indoor, which is obviously where today is being played, he's 572 and 75 straight up. Let me repeat. He's 572 and 75 straight up at Cameron Indoor. He's 361, 275 and 11 against the spread. You wonder, is that a good win percentage? That's 57%. If you, as a better hit on 57% of your bets, you don't have to have another job. So if you've been betting coach K, even with it baked into the number as far as the home court advantage, he's still clipping at 57% as far as a win percentage ATS that's remarkable as well. Now, against North Carolina, you know, it's interesting over the past, oh, I'd say 15-16 years if you take a look at what Duke's done against North Carolina. First off, he's 50 and 46 straight up throughout his career against North Carolina. He's 22 and 18 straight up at home against North Carolina. However, since 05, North Carolina's had Duke's number. 21, 16, and two ATS, okay? So it's just something to take in mind. You know, it's interesting. I've heard a lot of people saying today they're going Moneyline uh, because there's no chance that Duke can win. Well, again, you're going to have to pay a premium. I'll get you the number right now. I mean, we've got 12 and a half on the board off the 10 opener, which just shows you most everybody is going to be betting Duke today. And now ch- take a look. You have to lay six and a half to win a dollar minus 650. What does that mean for new betters? You want to win 100 bucks? Got to pay. You got to put out 650 to do so. That is ridiculous and the greatest rivalry in college basketball and one of the greatest in all we've seen across any sport. So There it is, it is Coach K Day, and you're gonna hear a lot about it. This is a seminal day. This is not just a seminal day as far as College Hoops is concerned, a seminal day across sports. I mean, this is one of the luminaries, one of the figures. When we talk so much about coaching and culture on this show, I'm sure Michael would have plenty to say about it, but when we talk so much about coaching and culture on this show, this is a dude, I mean, he's got six gold medals right? Inauspicious start to that as far as coaching uh, the national team as well. But he's got six gold medals. He's a guy that played at Army. The connections to Bob Knight. Inauspicious start, as I mentioned, at Duke. Was about to get canned. Stayed around. Built the program. Johnny Dawkins and Jay Billis, that first real big recruiting class. And if you take a look at what he's done since then, I mean, think about the lives he's affected. Think about the pros he's turned out, and Leitner, and Hurley, and Brand, and on and on and on. This is not just a big name. This is one of the all-time greats. So today is going to be fascinating, and if I'm getting syrupy on you, it's for good reason. He deserves it. So there it is. Now, did you just adjust that was it 12 and a half down to 11. Okay, so that was stale. I had 11 on my board. I was surprised to see 12 and a half the 10 opener Duke now up to 11. uh, But we did have 12 and a half on the board. I never saw it get all the way to 12 and a half. I did see a couple of boards touch 12 but again baked into it the anticipation the excitement. The one thing I would tell you, and Josh is going to join us next. We'll get into the specific market handicap of this game. I worry about the youngsters for Duke being overwhelmed. When we come back, we'll break it down from a market perspective here on the Lombardi line.
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with v full-court betting bracket coverage. As I mentioned before, starts up Uh, coming up selection sunday that's next sunday march 13th we've got six hours of free live video streaming on vsin.com including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game vsin college hoops expert greg hoops peterson will analyze every game discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value don't wait for the lines to move start your bracket in round one of the betting tournament, of course, coming up. VEASAN.com. We've got full coverage. As I mentioned, now remember this, something to take note. Like, for example, coming up on the 9th, the Big Ten gets their conference tournament started. So you've got you know, 68 teams, uh, you've got, what, 60, you got 34 at large, somewhere in there, and those tournaments are going to go all the way right up until minutes before selection Sunday, next Sunday. So the action just gets absolutely out of control. As we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, Coach K's final day, 42 years at Duke. I'm just watching in the corner some of the coverage. It's going to be insane. You think about these players spanning 42 years of a coaching career, I mean, the kids that go to Duke right now, they know nothing about 42 years of Coach K at Duke, which is fascinating. I mentioned Tobacco Road, the great rivalry, North Carolina and Duke. It's going to be filled with memories as we get closer and closer to that tip. That tip is 6 Eastern time as we get you started here. We're going to talk about bubble teams and the impact of today and tomorrow as we close out the regular season in college hoops. Joining us now, always professional. Always willing to save us here on vsin, the sports betting network, is Josh Applebaum. You can find his podcast. What's cracking, Josh? You can find his podcast vsin.com slash podcast. It's called Market Insights. You can catch him every day right here on vsin, betting across America with Pritch. And we say good morning, Josh. How are
5: you? Good morning, Patrick. Big Saturday here. Yeah, a lot to get to. Should be a fun show. I mean, you got, uh, hopefully we can get to some UFC later, some interesting, uh, you know, uh, fighting bouts here in terms of, you know, bet and dollar counts. But obviously, you know, NBA, NHL, it takes a backseat to college basketball today, Patrick. So I thought you did a great job breaking down this Duke-UNC game. What's interesting to me, you know, the one hand is, hey, it's Coach K's last game. Do it for, you know, win it for the Gipper. You have that kind of sentimental angle. But let's, Patrick, just look at the numbers and kind of look at where the betting in the market is moving here. I actually like Duke here laying the point. Now, oftentimes you look at rankings and you see that number four next to Duke, UNC is unranked, automatically the public will lean toward these ranked teams. They're ranked for a reason, they got to win, they got to cover. But here's the thing, uh, and Patrick, we talk about this quite a bit, but you know, I'm one of those guys who likes the gross dogs, the dogs that get no support. We joke around with Michael, you know, the hazmat dogs. When a dog becomes very trendy and very popular, to me, that's when I want to bet against them. So this is really interesting. Again, normally the public would go with the number four team, but that's not what's happening today. You're getting almost two out of three bets. Almost 70% of bets saying this line is way too high. UNC is a good team. They've won a bunch of games in a row, a good record, rivalry spot. Take the points here. But to me, you, this creates a fade-the-trendy-dog opportunity where actually looking at Duke could be a worthwhile play. Some of these books were minus 10 and a half, up to 11. You saw a couple uh, numbers that got to 12 and came back down a bit. But, Patrick, Ken Palm has Duke winning by 12, and they're only getting about a third of bets here. It's very rare you get a ranked team at home that's so unpopular. So to me, again, it's one of these plays where, you know, UNC wins or coverage, you're like, that number was too high, but it was set high for a reason. And I think sometimes the public falls in this trap of it's too high take the dog when in, in my perspective here, Duke is really undervalued. Remember, they met up on February 5th, Patrick. Duke won by 20 points, 87-67 at UNC. So really interesting bet split, public all over UNC on that trendy dog. But, Patrick, I'm looking at Duke here laying the points. It looks fishy to me. I want to be on that fishy Duke side. Yeah, I got – you can tell me what you think about this. Josh
2: Applebaum, of course, joining us. I, I've got North Carolina in. You know, the win Wednesday over Syracuse where they went to overtime and beat Syracuse, was huge for their at-large bid opportunity. So I've got them in regardless of what happens today. Takes a little bit off of the, – the one problem with Duke and what I, I'm concerned about with Duke, whether it's Bankero or Wendell Moore, I mean, these, there's a lot of young guys that might be overwhelmed by the moment. I mean, the dudes that they looked up to at that Duke program are going to be in attendance today watching them. And they played, as I've mentioned with Duke, they've kind of played down to the competition. Not that they're going to play down to North Carolina, but they've been spotted is the best way to put it so but I agree with you no surprise on an early Saturday morning Josh Applebaum is going contrarian (laughs) as you see the bets coming in on North Carolina what I do like about that and I think Feaston has a lot to do with sophisticating a betting market is I think back in the day when I started betting I think you would see most everybody take one angle which is the coach K angle and ride Duke here I like the fact that that you're kind of going through surgically and looking at that number, and the public is saying, No, 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 no. I understand there's a lot of emotion here for Duke, but that number's too high for a rivalry game.
5: You're totally right, Patrick. And again, you know, I think sometimes bettors fall into the trap of, hey, if a bet wins, it was a good bet. If a bet loses, it was a bad bet. But we know, Patrick, really, you grade your bets not just based on wins and losses, but beating the closing line. So I want to see, you know, this game is six o'clock. It's going to be your biggest, most heavily bet game of the day. Do you see this line tick up? So I'm seeing like, you know, a lot of shops at 11 right now. Does you see it tick up to 11 and a half? Did we get That'll to 12 be an and a half, Josh.
2: Sorry to interrupt you, but, but we had a we had a number up, and I think it was from yesterday. I saw 12 hit at a couple of
5: shops. Did you ever see the hook on? 12 with Duke laying it? I did, Patrick. Yeah, a couple books. I think DraftKings, Westgate, uh Circa might have even hit that 12 and a half. And I think at that point, out of principle, it's just like, hey, this line's a little bit too high. Let's drop it back down. But to me, when you're looking at these plays, what's the low water mark? You know, I think maybe that 10 and a half that was out there for a split second, that was really your number if you wanted to target Duke. And then Patrick, also looking at the total here, you know, anytime you get Duke UNC, you know, great offenses. You think of, you know, back and forth high-scoring games. You're getting a heavy, heavy, uh, heavily bet uh, played to the over here. Almost 80% of bets on the over. Hey, it's a Saturday, Patrick. Let's let's root for some points here. But this line actually fell on the total. Again, opening around 154 down to 153 and a half. To me, that indicates a little reverse line movement to the under. So Ken Palm's got it right at 154, not a huge edge in that regard. But are there nerves? There's a lot of, you know, former players in the stands, Patrick. To me, especially with a big spread under, if I'm going to target an under with a big spread, that's a good sign. You get up big, take your foot off the gas. I would lean under here. The line's falling, even though everybody's betting this over. Josh, with you on the show, somebody that knows betting,
2: we can explain to the audience exactly what you just meant by reverse line movement. I think there's a lot of new viewers every day to v and it's important to let them understand the vernacular. When you say re- reverse line movement here with the total, what are you talking about?
5: Yeah, so reverse line movement, you might hear this, you know, referred to as RLM, but basically it's when the betting line moves in the opposite direction of the betting percentages. So nine times out of ten, and again, think of it this way: a line that doesn't make sense. Everyone's betting team A, yet line goes to team B. Everyone's betting the over, yet the line falls. The whole point here is, you know, even though you're getting heavily bet- heavy betting on the over, you would think nine times out of ten, the odds makers would adjust that number up. You know, open 154, everyone's betting the over. Let's bring it up to 154 and a half, 155. That's basically the you know kind of 9 times out of 10 the way this thing will go because they have so much liability on the over they need to increase that number to entice betting on the under but to me what I get excited about Patrick is fishy lines that don't make sense. Everyone betting the over, yet the line fell. That tells me that even though you're getting, you know, heavy public betting here on the over, some respected money hit that under and caused that thing to fall. So, again, RLM, it's not going to win every time. The key is trying to get that number early uh, and get some closing line value before it falls. Okay, Josh, Uh,
2: there's going to be emotion, there's going to be history, and also you got to have some cash if you want to get inside Cameron Indoor today. (laughs) So you and I, after the show, we'll get together and uh, we'll pool up our cash, maybe Venmo, because uh, right now the average ticket price to watch Coach K's finale, $5,000. As a matter of fact, some dummies spent $80,000 on a ticket. Listen, if you've got $80,000 to spend on a ticket, go charity. I mean, what are you doing, idiot? It's three (laughs) hours of your life. You're spending 80K on a ticket, but it just shows you the magnitude uh, of today's finale. 42 years there at Duke, five national championships, and frankly, an opportunity to win one today as well. We'll take a look at... Uh, what the market says about Duke uh, and winning a national championship this year. I mentioned the 68 teams 36 at large. Let's go over in the last couple of minutes here. Some of the teams that are dancing on that proverbial bubble as far as the tournament's concerned Michigan lost against Iowa on Thursday. They're squarely on the bubble. Now when you think bubble and you think of the tournament as far as getting an at-large bid the standard Josh is you've got to be at league about four games above 500. It doesn't guarantee you're going to get into the dance but You gotta be right around four games above 500 for an at-large bid. I've got Michigan at-large. They're at Ohio State tomorrow, need that win, or make a run in the Big Ten tournament. Oregon, I mean, Oregon getting killed by Washington, that puts them squarely on the bubble. I mentioned North Carolina, I've got North Carolina in. Memphis. I've got Memphis in. That's one of the hottest teams in the country right now. They've won eight of nine. Uh, they host tomorrow Houston. Houston's already wrapped up the American. Most got them on the bubble. I've got Memphis in. And Indiana, today at Purdue, they're going to have to beat Purdue or win the Big Ten. Indiana squarely on the bubble. What's fascinating about that, the home loss to Rutgers this week by Indiana probably puts Rutgers into the tournament. So you see the topsy turvy nature of these bubble teams teams right now.
5: Yeah, really, you know, hanging on a, a you know razor's edge here, Patrick, with a lot of these teams. So you're totally right. I think the, the obvious thing is, hey, you got to be at least four games over 500, maybe make a deep run here in your conference tournament. I'm with you on on, uh, Michigan. You know, looking at Ken Palm's ratings, one thing I like to look at, not only his projections, and if you don't know, Ken Pomeroy is one of the most respected analytics-based bettors who has projections on all the games. So he has, uh, looking at these numbers, Michigan 34th in the country. Uh, You know, can he win tomorrow? We don't have a line yet on that Ohio State game. Oregon's a little dicey. They're number 71. But Memphis, I'm with you, Patrick. They're ranked 35. And by the way, if you like Duke, target them minus 135 to win the ACC tournament. To me, that's a play on a low number. No,
2: I don't like Duke as a program. I do. I, I am getting caught up in the sentiment of Coach K. And, and when talking about Ken Palm, we bring him up so much. The committee uses Ken Palm's uh, metrics to factor into their at large bids. Keep that in mind. Ashley Mayu next here, Lombardi Line.
1: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on V featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, it's First Bet Express Bet. And Ashley is going to join us in just a minute representing First Bet. Well, it's the ultimate betting challenge series of $5 million sweepstakes. But I've got Jeff Siegel's place for today. In race eight, Jeff likes the four, ho- four horse prevalence at eight to one at Gulfstream. They got a huge uh, card at Gulfstream today down outside of Miami. In race 13, Jeff Siegel has the four Spenderella at top on top at six to one. You can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred horse racing app of Vsin Go to VSYN.com horses for more information. When you do, use that promo code Vegas25 and you get $25 instantly. All right, use it to bet this weekend's first Saturday mega racing cards at Gulfstream and Santa Anita featuring 15 marquee stakes races. Sign up now, slash horses. That's slash horses. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. Uh, Michael Lombardi, uh, not in today. Josh is going to be coming up in just a little bit. Jick Jack Johnson, Carl Johnson down at the Beau Rivage is going to join us as well. But because she killed it on her first appearance here on the Lombardi line, Ashley Mayu is back representing first bet. And we say hi to Ashley. Hi, Ashley. How are you?
4: I'm doing all right. I'm getting ready for the big day here at Gulfstream. Obviously, it's a kind of a bi-coastal event, so a lot going on here and Anita, So I'm hoping to uh, get hot today and make a couple bucks.
2: Okay, no pressure. I said he did well the first time around, so let's keep it going. And we should start here. Uh, What was it, eight years ago, the point system, the the run to the Kentucky Derby? Remember, first Saturday in May, you've got the Kentucky Derby coming up, and there's a point system where it's tiered. We're going to be talking about the Fountain of Youth Stakes today at Gulfstream, where 50 points are on the line for win. If you get 50 points, you're going to be in the Kentucky Derby, one of 20 horses, correct? Correct.
4: Yeah, it all depends on points. So looking at the Kentucky Derby starting gate, 20 horses go in the Derby. uh, It all goes by points. So the system, you know, kind of look at the history of the Derby. It's been different. We're back to the point system. So uh, these points are really valuable. Uh, Horses might race in the Fountain Youth. They may go to the Florida Derby to gain some more points and hopefully making that uh, the starting gate on the first Saturday in May. We should
2: start with the big story in horse racing. That's Bob Baffert for a national audience here, Ashley. Suspended for 90 days by the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. So that means he's out for the Kentucky Derby. He tried to appeal that was shot down. Of course, suspended over Medina Spirit's failed post-race drug test last May after he won the Kentucky Derby. Tragically, Medina Spirit has since passed away on December 6th from a heart attack. So let's start there. Baffert being Baffert being out here has an impact because that opens up the field for other horses and owners to get in
4: So basically, you know if this horse were to win any sort of derby prep race He's not getting those points so those points go to the other horses that finish second third fourth and onward where the points are distributed So, um, the horses are still participating in the races, but they're not eligible for those derby points.
2: Okay, um Take us a little inside the industry and the buzz on Baffert. What was your take on him being suspended here and not running in the Kentucky Derby? I mean, one of the greatest of all times. Obviously, there's been controversy that's followed him throughout his storied career. What's the take within the industry?
4: Um, everyone has varying point uh, viewpoints on it, honestly. Um, I'm not really gonna comment on it too much because I think I don't know all the facts. I know what's public information, and so there's a lot out there. Um, You know, the the powers that be have decided to not allow his horses to run for those points.
2: A very diplomatic Ashley Mayhew, First Bet, joins us. I've interviewed Bob many times. He's as charming as you can possibly be. He's been great for the sport in many aspects. Uh, This latest cloud is ominous, to say the least. Okay, let's get to the horse racing, that's why you're here. Uh, Fountain of Youth Stakes, I mentioned the tiered system. Remember, it's an average, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ashley, about 40 points over the last eight years have gotten horses into the starting gate there at the Kentucky Derby. 50 to the winner today, 20 runner-up, 10-5 as the tier goes. Let's open up the grade one Fountain of Youth Stakes and with your cap here.
4: You know, looking at this race, so a couple of things. You look at the slate, uh, 12 horses in the body of the field. There was a one uh, one horse isn't also eligible. So, in the event of a scratch, he would draw in, and that's going to be the case. The number 12, Mo Donegal, is going to opt for a different race on the road to Kentucky Derby. So, the number 12, Mo Donegal, scratch, which means the 13 Galt will draw in. So, just some important information for the betters. Uh, when I look at this race, I think it's wide open. I'm kind of looking at uh, first Saturday, there's some coast-to-coast pick fives that use races at Gulfstream and Santa Anita. I think that this is the sort of race you're going to want to spread in. Uh, I'll talk about a couple of the horses. Uh, one of the big names, the number eight, Emmanuel, who's undefeated in his two career starts. I was actually able to go to Palm Beach Downs where Todd Fletcher has his string of horses stabled, and I got to see him a couple mornings ago, and, uh, and he is certainly a, a race horse. He's built like a machine. Uh, he went to the track just for routine, um, you know, kind of drills going up to this, and he looked great. I mentioned undefeated. I think the big thing is he's going to get tested for class today. But when he won on debut, he was really quick. And then next time out, he still went to the front, but was able to control the pace, which I think is a sign of him maturing. Um, A buzz horse here at Gulfstream Park is the number two simplification, who... He's been a little inconsistent. He won uh, his first race ever, his second time out. And he just crushed the competition. He won by almost 17 lengths. So uh, the race is on for second at that point. It was a big performance. He came back. Next time out, he wasn't as strong. Uh, he finished kind of a lackluster third. But he won the Mucho Macho Man, then went to the Holy Bowl. We thought he would be on the front, and he did not break well. So for him, he had to come, kind of overcome a trip in there, was able to actually close and pick up uh, second place in there. I think that was a huge race for him. So those two are probably the main two that most people will talk about.
2: Run over a mile and 16th here uh, at Gulfstream. You know, I think about Gulfstream, and I'm going to take a look at the eight horse quickly because I, I have to let the audience know it's High Oak, eight to one morning line. You're smiling because you know where I'm going with this. This horse is trained by Bill Mott, one of the greats. Uh, But owned by Mike Francesa those in the industry Mike Francesa is a luminary as far as a radio host and he's been in the horse race. Bill Parcells is huge in the horse racing game. He's got a place up at Saratoga and Francesa and Parcells are fans. This is part of the ownership group of Francesa High Oak the I think he's in the eight hole now with the scratch Ashley your thoughts on this horse sitting eight to one.
4: Yeah, he still should be in the nine hole, because I think the 13 will move over when the 12 scrap. Gotcha. But looking at High Oak, I mean, he won his first two races pretty easily. The good thing about his race is he wasn't necessarily on the lead at all. He kind of sat just a couple uh lengths off the pace setters and made a run. Last time out, you have to go all the way back to September. So he's coming off a long way off uh, to make his three year old debut. He raced in the grade one hopeful. It was a big field of 11. Uh, he needed to show more in that race and he did it, but he's working well at pace and park. For Bill Mott, Uh, an interesting stat about Bill Mott, whenever horses have kind of a a layoff anywhere from two or three months or more, uh, Bill does a a tremendous job with these sorts of horses.
2: And he's a gentleman. He's a great guy, your boy Bill Mott. Hey, okay, so up top, who who do you got here, Fountain of Youth? I know you said it. I want to make sure we reiterate.
4: So my top pick's going to be the number eight, Emmanuel. Uh, When I'm looking at this race, though, unlike last time I was on, where it seemed like it was a two horse race. I think there's money to be made in the exotic. So I'm gonna play some exactas and tries in here. I'm gonna use the eight on top. The horses underneath I'll use, I mentioned the number two, simplification. I'll also use the four and the five. The four in due time, uh, he was a pretty monstrous winner last time out stretching to a mile, so I think he's intriguing. And then my long shots, the number five, Dean Delivers. I'm not sure he can win this race. I think he can pick up a minor check in here. Uh, he's finished second in his last three starts, but when you go to that race two back when he was second, he was beaten by a neck by a horse by the name of Dean's List, one of Todd Fletcher's other horses on this uh, kind of road to the Derby. He's going to race today in the Gotham in New York.
2: You know, new bettors and new to the sport, new peoples to the sport of horse racing, Ashley, can be intimidated. I want to ask you about your favorite bet type. Are you a win person as far as betting? Are you exactly You mentioned one, two, trifecta, one, two, three. You can box those and go one, two, either way, one, two, three. What is your favorite bet type? At the race course.
4: I think if you're going for one that's non-intimidating, the exact is always good because if I bet a horse and I bet two bucks to win on him, I may make a couple bucks if he's a favorite. But if I like a horse that's a favorite and I like a price horse that's a long shot and they happen to run one too, I'm going to get more uh, bang for my buck. So I think exactors are a good way if you're a little intimidated but you want to kind of step up from a, a win place or show bet. Um, the older I've gotten and the more I've learned about the sport for me, I really like trifecta's. And I also like uh, more wagers that are horizontal. So they're going to affect, um, you know, it's not going to be just the fountain. Youth. It may involve other races as well before and after.
2: Some pick fives and pick sixes, an opportunity to make a lot of cash for Ashley. Okay, less than a minute. Favorite horse on the Kentucky Derby Trail right now, Ashley.
4: Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Honestly, I'm really curious to see Emmanuel today because I really like what we've seen from him so far. So to me, this is the horse that I got my eyes on going forward. Um, Todd Pletcher has a lot of good three-year-olds this season. So for me, Emmanuel's performance today is really important.
2: And favorite horse of all time, Ashley.
4: Favorite horse of all time, uh, probably Funny Side. He won the Derby in the early 2000s. Uh, He was a New York bred. Uh, Not too many of them have uh, performed very well in the Derby, but... Loved that they campaigned him until he was older, and I got to see his last two wins in person.
2: That is the wrong answer. Smarty Jones was the right answer <laughs> because your boy had a smarty party back in the day, like 4 and obviously he won and uh, he lost. He won the first two legs of the Triple Crown, lost on the back end. Great job. First Bet Express Bet. Ashley Mayu. good luck at the track today. Thank you very much.
4: Thanks guys. Thanks for having
2: me. Okay. Thank you very much. A great breakdown there by Ash. I always love to hear people's stories as far as how they got into this great sport of horse racing, which I love so much coming up next. Josh is coming back along with Jack Johnson, Carl Johnson here on the Lombardi
0: line.
3: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films, and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: On v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Now once again here's Patrick Maher.
2: Imagine we're having fun today. It's crazy. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. You simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you're going to win 200 bucks paid for in free bets. So you just use that bonus code VSIN200. VSIN200 200. plus you'll earn Bet MGM reward points that can be redeemed for online bonuses converted into comps for rooms restaurants and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide download the app use that bonus code VSEN 200 and win $200 in free bets if a three pointer is made in any game you wager on again if you have a gambling problem it's 1-800 gambler bet MGM the king of sports books as we welcome you back here on the lombardi line on a great saturday final college basketball saturday as far as the regular season in league play is concerned of course you got games tomorrow we're already in the midst of some of the smaller conference of those conference tournaments got the big dogs starting to up this week and the next sunday you've got selection sunday we've got Extensive coverage right here on vSIN, the sports betting network. We bring in Josh Applebaum, who joins us, of course, and we also head out to the Beau Rivage and say hi to Carl Johnson, who's the race and sports book director down there. And we start here. Carl, we're looking for Michael Lombardi. Is he hiding out there at the Beau Rivage? Have you seen him?
6: Hey, he, he told me not to tell anybody. He's up in the spa right now, getting all fixed up, with <laughs> nails and
2: everything. Yeah, it seems like him. Well, Jick Jack, thank you for joining, man. How are you feeling today?
6: I'm doing good. Josh, good to see you. Good to see Patrick. I'm sitting here watching you before we come on, and I, I you know, I wish I had your hair, man. <laughs> if I had your, if I had your hair, man, I would be so good looking, unbelievable.
2: Hey, how about this? Your personality and my hair, we'd be a great team, right?
6: Oh man, we could get some
2: supermodels. <laughs> With his hair, <laughs> fine as frog hair on a Saturday. Hey, uh, chick Jack, as we start, I just want to get some remembrances from you as far as Coach K. You think about it, he's been around your whole entire adult life, 42 years there at Duke. Your thoughts on Coach K before we get into the cap?
6: Wow. I mean, what can you say about that guy? What a legend. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I've, I've never been around Coach K or anything like that, but I would be willing to bet you that. He's he's the type of guy that would be more proud of the lives that he's affected more than any of the wins. Uh, I mean, you know, 47 years in the business. uh, Wow. I mean, just just a great role model for for coaches and just, you know, kids in general.
2: Yeah, I should mention, Josh, I want to let you take over here with the first question for Carl. You mentioned 42 years, but also what, five years at Army as a, as a coach, an assistant at Army, under night, played for night there at Army, uh, the national team. Josh, just the legacy goes on and on. I'll let you jump into the number here with Carl, Josh.
5: Yeah, it really does. And Carl, it's great to see my man, Jake Jack, find his frog uh, frog hair on a Saturday here, my guy. Up. So. wanted to get your your take on this game, obviously from a betting perspective. So, you know, what I'm seeing, Carl, is, you know, public loading up on UNC, kind of saying, hey, this line is really high. Might as well take the dog here, plus the points, but it's kind of a rare opportunity in my opinion to maybe get Duke at a contrarian value play. You're getting about three out of four bets across the market. We'll see what you're taking at your book at the Beau Rivage. but Carl, this line kind of stays where it's at. Ten and a half. It's now crept up to eleven and a half at some shops. Uh, Are you seeing that kind of public love for UNC? Do you have any liability on Duke? And then that total seems to me a lot of money on the over yet it's kind of falling a little bit just your cap on here and what you need from the book here
6: yeah so it does look like they're betting us north carolina they're uh they're taking the points there i agree with you i look I, I i'm gonna be honest with you i think this year's duke team i mean when is the last time a duke team has been 26 and four and eight and one you're getting eight and a one on the futures i think as good as they've been, they're they're they they've lost one game in their last ten. That was to Virginia. I mean, this team has had a steady pace all year. Uh, you know, I like them here. They 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 beat them 87-67 last time out. Coach K's last at Cameron Indoor. Uh, you know, I I agree with you. I think the contrarian move in this situation is to is to take Duke and lay the points uh, with the total. Uh, we're not getting a whole lot of play on the total right now. I think we opened it at 154 it's down to 153 and a half. Uh, but yeah, so it looks like we're getting some play on North Carolina plus the points
2: tremendous point by old boy there because this is the, the market really hasn't bought into Duke this year like they have uh, on uh, Duke teams in the past. I think that's a great point eight to one as far as the future number right now and Duke. Carl Johnson joining. Let's uh, let's go to the SEC, Arkansas, Tennessee two two of the hottest teams in the country, Carl right now. I'll get the opener and where you're sitting. Just a note, if Auburn beats South Carolina today, they're gonna to win the outright title there in the SEC as far as the regular season. But these two teams are tied for second, Arkansas and Tennessee, so an opportunity to win uh, the SEC as well. What do you got here, Carl?
6: Yeah, you know, and I think it's a couple of 40, 40 to one teams as far as the futures. Uh, Arkansas, 24 and six on the year, they won nine out of their last 10. Uh, Tennessee's been hot, you know, they've won eight out of their last 10. 22 and 7 on the year we got them at six and a half today and 139 and a half should be a good game Tennessee plays real well at home uh, when they struggle is generally on the road
2: two tremendous defensive teams remember they played February 19th a couple of Saturdays ago Josh a 58-48 final so this is <laughs> SEC this is gritty the Tennessee team that hasn't lost at home they're a different team at home Josh Applebaum.
5: Yeah, they really are. And what's notable to me, guys, is as of right now, a lot of books have this as the most heavily bet game early. Obviously, it's a 12 o'clock game. You'll get Duke-UNC to probably outpace this because it's later in the day. But, Carl, it's interesting to me, you know, again, this is kind of very similar to that Duke play, public loading up on Arkansas, you know, two ranked teams just take the points, close game here. But, again, set it around six. Some books are down to, you know, five and a half, so maybe there's a little action there on Arkansas. But I do have a system that will match with Tennessee. You have two ranked teams, take the favorite. Very simple here. It would match with Tennessee. Uh, that's uh, right now 45 and 32 ATS, 58%. So, Carl, is this a play here where you'll be rooting for Tennessee uh, because you're getting Arkansas love?
6: Uh, what your take on this game as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, being down here in the south like this, I mean, uh, typically we're, we're, we're going to have more Arkansas people in the building than we will Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. When I first seen this number, uh, you know, we're at 6.5, half, half But when I first seen this number, I thought it was a little high. Um, I, you know, I like Arkansas here with, uh, you know, plus 6.5, especially that hook there. Uh, you know, I was kind of looking for this game to be maybe 4.5. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's uh, I like Arkansas plus the points just because they've, they've kind of uh, stayed steady. Both of these teams have stayed steady. I see a close SEC matchup here.
2: Carl Johnson joining us here on the Lombardi line. It's v the Sports Betting Network. Let's stick, Carl, with the SEC. Kentucky's at Florida. Florida's bubblelicious All right, they're dancing on the bubble. We know Kentucky; they're good to go. Uh, but this is a nine and eight team in league as far as Florida. Nineteen and eleven overall. They just—they don't have the size to hang. They've won three of four coming into this matchup. This would be huge. This would ensure them an at-large bid if they beat Kentucky today, Carl. Yes,
6: yeah, seven and three in their last ten. Uh, Two hundred to one on the odds board for the futures. Uh, Kentucky, we got it eight, eight to one. Um, they won eight out of their last 10. We got Kentucky at four and a half and 141 and a half today. Uh, you know, and that's another one of those teams. Look, uh, if you want to know how much money is out on the market for Gonzaga, I mean, we got them at plus 375. But if you'll notice some of these teams, Kentucky, Duke, uh, Arizona, Baylor, you know, all those teams have higher value than normal. And what they're trying to do there is we're trying to take some of that liability away from Gonzaga. Uh, you know, nationwide, they're just being pounded with these futures. So you're able to get some good value out at a Kentucky at at eight to one, and a Duke at eight to one. That's what you're seeing. Hey, Josh,
2: can I, if I could jump in really quick, we just have two minutes here. Uh, everybody loves to get Jick Jack's opinion on a myriad of things, but I'll start here. As far as you keep on mentioning the futures market, are there three teams you like to the better, of course, to have some fun as far as a futures bet to win an NCAA? what? Who, who are three teams that you could point to right now, Carl?
6: Uh, me, myself, look, I, I, I like the higher numbers. Uh, I'm looking at the Arkansas's. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Alabama, you know, we got 66 to one. And I, I think, uh, uh, if, you know, when you go to Pac-12, a couple of teams not getting a whole lot of love. UCLA, for one, I mean, UCLA, we got it 25 to one. They're 22 and six on the year, six and four to the last 10. Uh, and USC at 80 to one. They're 25 and five. So uh, either one of those teams. But, yeah, I like the bigger numbers there.
2: And, Josh, those two teams play today, USC, UCLA, which you and I are going to come back and discuss, 16 and 17 as far as nationally ranked, respectively. But those
5: are two teams. That was a Final Four darling in UCLA last year, Josh. You're totally right, Patrick. And again, probably a lot of better just saying, hey, you did it last year. Do it again. One thing I'm looking at, Carl, real quick, Baylor. Baylor right now has the fourth best odds, plus 1100 at BetMGM. But Ken Palm rates them the second best team in the nation here. So the analytics are high on Baylor. Maybe there's some fatigue because they won it last year. Are you taking any Baylor money? If they win it all, you know, is that a liability play for you?
6: What do you? What do you think on Baylor maybe getting back there and repeating? Yeah, you know, out of all the teams that are kind of in that middle of the pack at at 8 to 14 to 1, Baylor's got a legitimate chance to win this thing. At 11 to 1, we are taking some Baylor money. 25 and 5 on the year, 7 and 3 the last 10. Today they're 12 and a half and 132 and a half over Iowa State. I love Baylor.
2: There's nobody better than you. Doing the show with the printer and fax machine behind you is so Jick Jack Johnson, and I want to give you a shout. The podcast is called One More, and it's hosted by Jick Jack. Have a great Saturday, Uh, Carl. Appreciate you.
6: Take care, guys. See you, Josh.
2: We're back here at Lombardi Line. Thanks. At
0: Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 GAMBLER.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport, and I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast.